This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Tired of tuning into negative news? Well, get your week off to the right start with the Happy Broadcast. Let's help you focus on the positive things happening in our world. Each episode will feature positive news, some mental health tips, and we'll hear from our Happy Broadcast community about what makes them happy. The podcast is hosted by me, Amy O'Dwyer, in collaboration with Mauro Gatti and his popular social channel, The Happy Broadcast. Episodes are out every Monday and you can listen and subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts. Let's help spread some positivity. Hello, my darlings, and welcome back to another Rap Chat podcast. I am your host, Mia Malarkey, and today I will be chatting with Mark Maher, He is the CEO of Odyssey Studios and the co-owner of Arachnid FX. So if you haven't come across his work, check it out. It is absolutely amazing. A lot of um, prosthetics and miniatures and yeah, really, really beautiful work. And, you know, worked on a lot of big productions like The Hobbit. So I'm very excited to be chatting to him today. And I'll just say a brief thank you to our sponsors, Wellcard, Octavid and Film Equipment Store. So I hope you enjoy the podcast. for joining us yeah it's great yeah glad to do it so I've looked through a lot of your work and it's absolutely amazing and I remember as a kid when Jurassic Park came out and I got really interested in how they made those dinosaurs and I think it was Stan Winston Stan Winston yeah yeah Yeah. right yeah right so I was wondering like where you know how did you find yourself getting into this work and what was the inspiration um, I'd always loved 80s movies, kind of gore movies and stuff like that, but mainly monster movies, kind of monster stuff years ago. Um, and I was just into that era. I loved all that kind of that style of making and, you know, it was practical effects. I just loved the look of it. And I still love the look of practical effects if it's mixed well with VFX. So, yeah, I just I was just always into it. Um, and then I kind of found that there was a course model making IDT uh, in, in Dunleary. Mm. And I went to do a visit of it and I seen all these guys making stop motion animation characters and creatures and all this kind of stuff. So I applied for there um, and got into that college and did a couple of years there. Um, and then from from that, then I just kind of pursued film then straight away after that and then moved over to New Zealand um, and then kind of did my few years there. And yeah, and okay. I came back to Ireland for my Is- sins. So is New Zealand, is that how you ended up doing stuff with The Hobbit? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, I had a friend over there that I was kind of contacting. I was kind of annoying him more than anything. The usual uh-huh. thing you do set out. Um, and I was just sending him my work. Um, and his name was Gino Acevedo. And he's a very friendly guy. Um, like, I know now, probably not so much now, if you contacted him through, it was Facebook or something or some other form of social media back then. Um I know they mightn't get him, you know, back in contact with you, but back then mm. I sent him all my stuff and creatures and all this kind of stuff that I was doing. Um, and he was like, yeah, you should come over here and work with us. So I kind of moved over there 
and started in the miniatures world, which was mm. in the art department, um, which was making the big giant kind of fantasy miniatures and bigatures um, for the Hobbit movies. So we just kind of delved into different sets each every couple of months. Um, and it was kind of high detailed, kind of, it was all hand built as well. It wasn't any 3D printing like we'd be kind of used to now. Um, so it was a lot of fun to do it. I think that was kind of like the, I'd say at the end of, of handmaking, but there was there's a lot more uh, 3D printing done now, um, I suppose, to then. Um, are you, would you be sort of old school? Would you be nostalgic about handcraft versus 3D? No, I like, I like both because like with our company, we have, um, we have a lot of 3D printers. We have a lot of, we have a robot there, a KUKA robot, which carves out huge um, sculptures. And, you know, instead of a sculpture doing it for six months, we might, we'd get it done in a week. You know, oh, we wow. just, uh, we'd scan it and blow it up for them and blow it up. I mean, enlarge the piece um, mm. to whatever size they want. So, yeah, it's, it's, I'd definitely be a fan of what it is now. But I've def- one thing that I've definitely done is probably, over the last couple of years, not used, not being the maker myself and more of an orchestrator. Um, so I'm trying to get back to that now in the last year. So, but I would get back, like, I do like work with my hands, you know. Unfortunately, it's just faster with printing and all this kind of stuff. Robots are better. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Robots are not better. They're not. I, well, I presume like you do the printing, but then there's still a huge amount of craft in terms of painting it and even the design. No, it's huge. Like it's only messing. There's a there's uh-huh. like there's a design sculpture stage, the digital uh, sculptures, um, and they also have to then when the ones they're truly printed out. That's just one stage of it. Um, so it's molding and casting and kind of getting multiples out, um, the painting effects, and then piecing it all back together. You you need a team of model makers, kind of highly skilled model makers, to do that. But yeah, it really is only one, still only one kind of cog in the wheel there. You know. And so after New Zealand, did you kind of have a vision of returning to Ireland and, and like setting up your own thing? No, I, I didn't. I didn't well, think about setting up my own business at all, really, until about two or three years ago. Um, I, I came back from New Zealand and I went over to the UK and started working over there. Um, and then I got a call while I was over there. Would I like to come back and run the model making department in Ardmore for Penny Dreadful? Um, and I said, yeah, that sounds cool. Um, and I was working with this guy called Philip Murphy. Um, he was a set decorator at the time. Um, he's mm. an art director. But yeah, so he called me and said, why don't you come back to Ardmore and run the studio? So I did um, and got to work with a lot of kind of cool people in Ardmore Studios and kind of highly skilled model makers there and uh, prop makers and the makeup department was awesome. So it was a really good show to kind of come back to in Ireland because I'd only worked on cheesy movies before I've mm-hmm. kind of left, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like Peter Peter Jackson's early stuff, kind of. Yeah, probably more like that. Probably even even less quality. You know, uh-huh. it's just it was just kind of bang it together stuff. Um, mm. But yeah, no, it was good to get the experience in all around between New Zealand and the UK, and then kind of finally come back to Ireland with a bit more of experience behind my belt. Do you think there's, I guess, more happening in Ireland that you're able to come home and have work here? Yeah, there is. It's, Ireland is film industry is getting massive now as well, and especially for makers. Like we have a lot of really talented makers in Ireland, um, huge amount actually. You know, just just seeing some of their work, even when I'm on site, is just phenomenal. From from prop makers, you know, set builders, the whole lot. They're really at their A game now, you know. Um, so it's just nice to be part of it. Like Odyssey Studios, 
because as I said, I'm not the maker anymore. I'm just a, the kind of orchestrator, um, stand the mind and just all the guys, the team is the guy, you know, who makes this stuff and brings it to life. And I just kind of oversee it. So talk me through Odyssey Studios and like what you guys do and who's there, that kind of thing. So we started up really only open about a year and a half, two years. Um, the idea was I came down to Limerick because I was asked to come down and by the, the council and stuff like that to take a look at maybe opening um, a studio down here and with their support as well, which was great, the Limerick County Council, because because of Troy Studios, it's good to have a kind of a net around them of kind of sports studios like ourselves, if it's model making or or whatever. So uh, we took the plunge anyway and moved away from the kind of production life, um, which was tiring me anyway, if I was honest. I had a good few years under my belt and I was getting a bit tired of the hours and sight and all that kind of stuff, which was, you know, it's very exciting, but it also it takes its toll. So I wanted to have a studio where I had a bit more control over what's made, who's making it, and the, the final outcome and what we do. So the idea was that we'd open a studio that's not like a warehouse, the usual model making. So it's a nice unit, you know, nice light, the, the robots are in there, like just something that's not, you know, there's no other robot really sculpting like that in Ireland. Um, and to kind of open up the model making side of it, not just to film, just to kind of, because we work with a huge amount of artists now, um, like Patrick O'Reilly and Rachel Giant, um, and all these artists, these Irish artists that kind of are able to avail of our services now. Mm. So once we opened up, um, we kind of started working straight away because we have a prosthetic department run by a really highly skilled guy called Bobby Midlin. Um, and Bobby is, you know, he's at the top of his game in prosthetics in Ireland. So he runs our prosthetic department. We have Arduino kind of electronic department there that does all the moving parts, the lights. We have a, a kind of a HOD as well. Um, senior model maker, Paul, Paul Rossiter, and he does all the architectural stuff. And then, we have a guy, Kiron there um, that kind of manages the studio when I'm not there and drives the robot. And hmm. we have a good few trainees that are awesome. So we have, we have a really nice net of people down there. They really love what they're doing, but it's, hmm. it's a real passion job to be down there. Um, you know, because we've had people come in and through, but if it's it, you know, to fit an odyssey, it's just like no drama, no egos, no nothing. Let's just get on with it and have a good time. So that was one of my main reasons, just to have a nice safe net for everybody. We can go down we can make cool stuff. So we do a lot of rentals. So we, all our stuff is rented out. Like if it's fake bodies, food, guns, knives. Um, and then we're, we're kind of, we have a company in, in Dublin as well, Arachnid Effects. Um, so we do rentals with them guys as well. So with Arachnid Effects, it's just another little kind of offspring as well. With Odyssey, it's a sister company that, I, that I'm in with two other guys. And it's very similar stuff. It's renting and it's, it's uh, making stuff. So, it's been very exciting for the last two years. It's just very different for me because I'm usually just on a production, get off the production and happy days. Yeah, and it's nice what you're saying that it's not about ego, it's about creativity and everybody has a space where they can really do their work. And Yeah, because it's easy to get lost in your ego, you know, sometimes as well, I mean, especially in the industry where, you know, you're making stuff and people go, oh, you did this. But really, you're just like, for me anyway, like when I looked at some of the guys in New Zealand, I was just in awe looking at their work, you know, mm -hmm. and and then, you know, for a couple of years working in it, I kind of wanted to get back to that kind of New Zealand frame of mind of like, we're not saving lives, we're just making cool stuff and we have a passion for it, you know. Um, and that's the real thing with Odyssey, that 
everybody's down there is, you know, they, they want to be there. They love coming into work and there's, there's kind of a nice buzz around the area, you know. With with Troy Studios as well, I guess that's kind of reshaped the landscape in the west of Ireland in terms of the industry. Yeah, it has. They're fantastic and they've run it so well. Like even that last production that we ran with them there, um, even through the kind of challenging times of COVID, you know, working in with Odyssey because we were in there quite a lot. Um, it just it was run really well just to be able to go in and just having them there, you know, having them there was because obviously I wouldn't be moving down towards Limerick unless Troy Studios or somewhere like that was there. So, mm. you know, we, we opened up relations with them very early on and worked in kind of multiple departments on that on that kind of production. So it was great. Are you allowed to name the production or is that still ongoing? Um, it's still ongoing production, yeah, but mm. it's, it's the one that was down there anyway. Yeah, and, and as I said, we, we were only open like a month before they, they kind of came in. And it was mm. nice for them to be able to, it's great for them to kind of be able to come over and back to the studio and see what's going on. 10 minutes, the mm. traffic is, is quite low down the Limerick, so it's great. Limerick's great for that. You know, it has no traffic. You can move from one area to the other. Um, and I guess now, so like the scale of things is growing hugely in Ireland in terms of the budgets we're availing of, in terms of, big international productions wanting to use this place. So that's a good, you know, good time for you. Like the opportunities will, will be coming in. It is. It is because, the you know, to set up the company and even to get it going, it's definitely like I'm only, we're only open a year and a half, but it took about two to three years to kind of set up to kind of where we are now. So like with these big productions coming in, like, as I said, we're not on production. So we are an outsourced company. You know, if you want rentals or if you want, even for the smaller jobs, which is great. So they, they don't have to, you know, to have that huge budget. They can come towards us and say, look, we want a silicon body. We want it hyper-realistic. We only want it for a day. We don't have X amount of money. Can we rent it out? And it's good for us to be able to have that. And then when the big productions come in and they want one officer, you know, just a specific design made, we're able to make it there as well. Mm. So, but it is, um, it's really good for us for, for that. And we are, like, we're starting up a training academy now as well. We've just finished construction on that. So um, mm-hmm. so it is, you know, kind of, it is COVID friendly. Um, we had to change the design layout, just like, well, stop and let's, let's change the look at this. But still at that, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of to represent kind of prosthetics, makeup application, you know, 3D props, printing, all that kind of stuff. Um, a lot of set design. We have some really cool guys lined up to come over um, from abroad to teach as well, not just ourselves, you know. That's brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the stuff on the website looks unbelievable, the quality of it. What's been the most fun thing to make or what, is there something you love making in particular? Um, I love miniatures myself. Mm. Um, I like kind of making the miniatures and the bigotures because now I did like it when I was years ago because I was able to just spend hours and hours and hours on it. Unfortunately, what I noticed when I kind of started running stuff like, like say, Penny Dreadful and other jobs, I would sit down to make something and I'd get about 20 emails and 10 missed calls and 40 texts. So <laughs> I, can't, I could never, I could never get in the zone. So, but miniatures were always the thing for me. Um, but seeing the guys work away in the miniatures now and being able to put my hand to it now and again, is really good. Um, mm. I really enjoy that part of it, you know. Is it very absorbing work? Like, is it sort of, you have to get lost inside of it? Yeah, it's just put on the earphones and zone out and into the different world for as many hours as you can and then take a break and come back because it's fresh eyes and when you come back because 
it's like anything. If you're working or writing or doing anything and you're there stuck in it for so long, you kind of get lost, too lost, and then you can't see it. So, mm. but it is, it is definitely, you know, go deep with it and chill out and put on, as I said to the guys, put on your music, see you later. I'll come back when it's in a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. And don't be kind of going over to them every few minutes and going, how are you getting on? How's it going? <laughs> They're not going to have much done. And mm. Like we have, we have a couple of sculptures. We have a, a sculpture we're doing at the moment of David Attenborough and it's a couple of meters in ah, size. Cool. It's all silicon. So it'll be all hair punched and, you know, realized 3D printed. And wow. Yeah. It's all this kind of stuff to see, see kind of, you know, cause I'm glad I'm not down there every day because I would really annoy the guys as well because like, <laughs> how is it now to like the same it was mm. two seconds yeah it's very fine detailed kind of precise work isn't it like it takes a lot of time it does yeah because you're, you're sculpting each individual pore as well you know on, on the skin um so you know if you ever doing that it's it takes a lot of concentration because obviously pores and that have different directions and if you make it look crap, it'll really be obviously crap, you know. Mm. Um, so that's where we're kind of, we do a lot of work with with artists, as I said, for bronze work. Um, and it's the Miller machine. So when we first got it, it's very nervous because, you know, it's a, it's a new machine. It's it, it did a load of film sets as well. Like it did a mm. huge amount of films. But if it goes wrong, if the robot goes wrong, it goes wrong. It just drives right through the thing. So there is the thing of technology it's great and fantastic but when it does go wrong it really goes wrong oh god <laughs> what's been the the toughest job you've had or the the most challenging task um i ran a production up in dublin um it was it was just too much it was too fast you know like we were fast and penny dreadful and we had a great team there and we were just we were extremely fast and we were able to work really well together it was just this certain production was just too fast for me it was mm. just make a hero prop tomorrow and then we'll have the, the next hundred the following day. And then like, it wasn't got to do with the production. It was just got to do with the speed of the job itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I hate handing out stuff that's kind of subpar, but you know, and it wasn't a lot of the stuff, all the stuff the guys made was fantastic. And that we, we kind of made, we, we did a great job, but I just found it too fast, you know, mm-hmm. um, to for there is there's a certain amount that you can just go yeah look we'll, we'll work really hard it'll be it'll be amazing we'll get it out and that's no problem to do that but then when it kind of goes too fast it's you're kind of on a spinning wheel that it's hard to to kind of produce good quality work you know mm. and would you make things that have a mechanical aspect so they're not just a still object but they actually move yeah, no, we would. And we're working with like a couple of students now, you know, even in secondary school and just showing them some animatronics. The guys are showing them like videos and stuff down there now and they're making animatronic hands and animatronic legs. And, cool. and, you know, you can blink, make blinks and stuff like that. So mm. it's all that kind of nice, cool stuff that's that's great to make. Uh, and like you, you get a lot of makers that are even on site on these productions that they'll do some stuff like that. It's just mind blowing. Um, but like with ourselves in our workshop, we'd kind of, We'd have a little bit. Of, I always try and get as much time as we can to make the thing because it's just going to be better for production. It's going to you, because sometimes like people saying, "Oh, we want it on Monday," uh, but they might not necessarily use it till Wednesday. But those mm-hmm. two extra days could mean a seriously good prop compared to okay, zoom back a bit. <laughs> mm. And what was because I know you did um, I've seen the, all the Hobbits and they're absolutely amazing. And I was wondering as well, you did some you did the second Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, 
Yeah, so that was kind of that was kind of same thing. It was kind of miniatures um, again. Now we were, we were kind of miniatures department where we were working mainly for kind of how it's going to look and feel the sets and stuff. So we had to go into painting and the finishing and all that kind of stuff. So I flew over there and I worked with a. I kind of headed the department up with a, another guy called Alistair, um, a Scottish guy, and we had a good few trainees. So we were just pretty much just making miniatures and going in and out. And, so, you know, you have to be able to work with the art department where it's designs, um, you know, getting architectural drawings in and then just making it kind of suit, especially when they go building the real thing, you know. Mm. So that job was more kind of concept miniatures and fine detail and that um, as opposed to. So that's what's good with, with ourselves is that it's, it's good that you can kind of go from architectural miniatures to prosthetics to all this. kind. But you're able to sing between the few different departments because... There's nothing worse than me handing in a prop and it's jumping off the costume or something, you know, mm. or if it doesn't work with the makeup or it doesn't even work with the show. So it's, it's we kind of pride ourselves that we're, we're used to working in a huge amount of departments. Uh, so, yeah, but that was good. It was good fun over there. Yeah. Mm. Is there like a direction you'd love to see Ireland taking in terms of film? Um. Well, like, it's it's great to see, you know, like, it's great to see the screen train in Ireland and all these places that are doing, like, all the safety course, but also all the other courses that are coming in. Um, like, we, we ourselves, we're starting our own production right now on a, it's a, a bit of Irish mythology. It's Baller One Eye, and we're kind of halfway through that we're going to be doing um, our own Unreal Engine studio with another company called Reverse It, and we're doing a small production um, just based on that, but... The Unreal Engine and the, the LED screen studios, I think that's quite cool as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's going, it'd be nice to see them, like as long as we marry, because we're obviously practical effects guys um, that are working in that world. If we're able to marry the two of them really successfully, but keep as much work um, locally as well, that's a good thing, you know, because we've some great designers here. Mm. There's some fabulous set designers and writers and all that. So, you know, we're we're known for our skills in Ireland, you know, um, mm. even outside of kind of film. So I think keeping it, how do you say, keeping a country, keeping it good. <laughs> keeping it local. And what's, what is Unreal Engine? So Unreal Engine is, um, it's a gaming, it's a gaming software and mm. pretty much that it, it powers LED screens. So you can see the Mandalorian, they use it in their sets, um, their physical sets and stuff like that. So it's an LED screen. Mm. So we're just building that down below with Limerick ourselves at the moment for shooting a kind of a, a feature, uh, feature teaser, let's say. Amazing. Um, we're, 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 so we've designed, yeah, we've all the designs, all the, all the kind of the makeup starting and the, the prosthetics and the props and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we've received quite a lot of help um so yeah i think it's going to be very exciting to kind of get that out there as well um this guy called niall varley and he's he's kind of running the unreal side of it and um, mm. he's with reverse it so between that we're just kind of we've been hashing heads, kind of banging heads for the last few months and then we said let's just do it and let's because we have everything in place to everything's there now the investment the whole lot so we're just going to go for it yeah yeah it's very exciting it is exciting yeah we're happy out yeah mm. With The Mandalorian, I saw some of the behind the scenes and I know for the actors, it's really beneficial to have this kind of real time backdrop that they can respond to. And, and the lighting is right. And Very exciting sets, you know. Mm. Um, 
like, like even just because I've been playing around with myself as well, just, uh, you know, and they make it very manageable. And it's, you know, Unreal Engine is a free software as well, you know. Um, okay, so amazing. So you can go, you can learn it. So, it, you know, and I know that, I know that there's going to be a lot of courses coming up in that and it's great to see it. And we're, we're like, we're very supportive of any courses like that um, because we don't want to just do making courses because we want to do stuff where people can get a lot of work in and kind of drive the industry on here in Ireland and stuff like that really will. Um, but as I said, you have a good few powerhouses in Ireland already kind of already driving the film industry on. So it's, it's great. And mm. we're just glad to be part of the kind of very exciting next few years, I think, you know, Mm. with Tara, Tara Studios in Wexford and, you know, in Limerick here, it's it's good, you know. It's also getting pulled out of Dublin. It's not Dublin-centric as much. Yeah, no, look, not, not, look I worked up in Dublin and loved all the Dublin crew. We had great times with laugh, but like, like obviously I'm centred down in Limerick now, but we do have a studio with Arachnid Effects up in Dublin um, with Carol and Brian up there. So it, you know, will always be part of the Dublin film industry, which is, you know, and and it's a, it's a really good film industry for us to be working up in there because, you know, we know a lot of people up there. A lot of mm. our connections are there as well. Um, but with Limerick, it's for ourselves, it's kind of, it's new and it's very exciting. And you can see how well and how much time they've put into Troy Studios. So, you know, we really enjoy working with them as a team. You know, it's it's always great fun. And it's just, it's run like clockwork for us, for us anyway. Mm. And is there any is there any parting wisdom you'd like to offer to someone just starting out in any of those areas, prosthetics or, you know, miniature? It's definitely not an easy road to take at the start. But right now, I, there definitely wasn't this much kind of out there when I was in Ireland years and years ago. So I'd say grab any kind of courses, you know, you can do a lot of courses online. You can and especially right now, you know, people still in lockdown, just loads of stuff online to be looking at. Um, and then just getting a really good, instead of like a like a five-page portfolio, instead of 30 pages of, this is how i done it. This is me with the prop. This is me <laughs> with the prop, not painted. Just get five really good pictures of five different things that are really nice and really nicely finished that you're really proud of. And never try anything in that you're not proud of into your portfolio. Um, and that's really important. And, and kind of, uh, yeah get on and, and go in and have fun in the film industry as well, because you're, we're, you know, it's the film industry and everybody, you want to go in it because it's exciting and it's, and it's fun and you're, you see creatures and fake bodies and swords and, you know, you're in it because it's fun and don't kind of forget that, you know? Mm. Great. That's, well, uh-huh. That's great. Thank you so much for, for chatting with me. I'm looking forward to seeing the next project. So what, so is this feature film you're talking about? Is that uh, like you guys are producing that entirely? Yeah, we're producing that ourselves. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, we're bald, we're, we're bald enough. Why not? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're doing a teaser then to try and get it developed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So we're going to do a huge amount of prosthetics, the scene, the sets, the whole lot. Um, yeah. And then we'll be doing a good introduction to kind of Unreal and how it's going to look. Um, so we've worked with an amazing guy called Mario that's down here mm. and he's working with us um, from Reverse It and we're doing a lot of work on the Unreal side of it. So it should be fun anyway. Yeah. Class. I Yeah, I can't wait to see what comes out of it. It sounds great. Yeah, great. Yeah, no, sure. Look, we're delighted. And thanks for having us on as well. It's always good, you know. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of like, as you're saying, people are getting trained up in this area. There's more and more appetite for it. So 
Yeah, no, look, it's a very exciting time for all, you know, anyone that's about to jump into the industry. They're jumping into it like some really high end stuff here, you know, mm. um, compared to, you know, we'd be jumping into it might be we'd be delighted to get a music video back in the day a few good few years ago. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah, lots more happening. All right. Well, it was lovely to chat with you. OK, lovely to chat to you, Mia. part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.